Welcome to the 11th episode of Resuscitating the Business of Humanity. The title of this episode is The Great Deception. The date is July 15th, 2020. The location is Des Moines, Iowa. And I am Gary William Bear. There is a great deception afoot in our world about which I would like to speak with you now. A great deception that is everywhere present, which in being well hidden for a very long time, most people know nothing about. And what do I mean by deception? What I mean is the attempt to deceive others through the telling of lies. And you might ask, what is the lie of this great deception? Simply put, it is that humanity that you as a human being are unable to know truth on your own terms, that you, me, and others are unable to know or recognize the truth. Have you noticed this belief operating in your life, which you and I and others conduct as if it were true, that we are unable to know or recognize the truth? If you have noticed this, then that is the practice of the great deception which has been going on for a very long time, silently perpetuating all the challenges that show up in your life, in humanity's life, about which, for the most part, you are completely unaware. I say this because when you don't know the truth, you must make believe basically making beliefs to hold the place of truth. And when you don't know truth, you confuse your beliefs, opinions, and assumptions for truth. And when you confuse your beliefs, opinions, and assumptions for truth, you give birth to fear or one of its derivatives, such as anger, hate, rage, jealousy, which is your indicator that you have just confused a belief for truth. It's a, a fail-safe mechanism that's hardwired into the human experience, which almost no one realizes. Nonetheless, it is in this simple shift from knowing truth to making beliefs that a powerful force begins to operate in your life about which you have become so accustomed to accept as normal that now you scarcely notice it. You take it for granted that fear and hate and anger and rage and jealousy and whatever else, whatever derivative of that mistake engenders, you take it as normal. So, when you don't know truth, what happens is that your words are untrustworthy. Because after all, it is not possible for you to speak truth when you know it not. And when you don't know truth, you become afraid as you look to others to tell you what is true. And when you look to others to tell you truth, Unintentionally, you create authority figures out of those who also do not know truth. But for some reason, we overlook this. And when authority figures do not know truth, they can only lie to you as they masquerade their beliefs, opinions, and assumptions as truth. But it's not. And when many other people place value in the beliefs, opinions, and assumptions of those authority figures who don't know the truth, 
What I mean by this are the elders and teachers and athletes and actors and doctors and lawyers and politicians and bankers and police officers and judges and priests and rabbis and gurus and on and on and on. You think, well, it must be true if so many others believe it, but it's not. And even though the entire deception that human beings cannot know truth is a falsehood, you act as if it is true when fundamentally, if it were true, you and I and others could never know it because after all, by definition, human beings can't know the truth on their own. So how could the deception be true? Which is not. But yet we proceed from this untruth all the time. So my point is this. How is it possible to hold something as true while proceeding from the notion that you cannot know it as truth? It's like someone saying, quote, this is a false statement, end quote. Where do you go with that? Seems to be a contradiction, doesn't it? And this is the purpose of the great deception. To confuse and contradict. And why, you ask? Because if something does not exist, like your ability to tell the truth, what is the point of bringing your attention to that which is not, to that which does not exist? Why not avoid the topic entirely? The reason is that the great deception is a big fat lie that seeks to hide a great and wondrous truth, which is that only you are able to know truth on your own terms. In point of fact, you and the truth may never be separated, for without you, truth does not exist. Otherwise, how would you know it? And you can't know another's vision or version of the truth. You may only know your own, which is a good thing because it is there specifically to guide you throughout all the moments of your life. And guess what? Your truth is based upon, sits upon your very essence, your very existence, which is why truth has no existence without you. You and your truth are one. And because this is the great truth, it may not be destroyed. The very best the great deception can do is make you believe, at least for a time, that you cannot know truth, which has not, does not, and will not ever make believing it the truth. So please take care in listening to this talk. As in my estimation, it is a very important one because its subject matter lies at the foundation of everything that plagues your life, my life, humanity's life. Understanding this is critical if you wish to navigate towards the beautiful vision of the reality and the world you hold in your heart and see in your mind which only becomes possible for you when you realize that only you may know truth and only on your terms. You see, the reason why it is important to understand this is that knowing what is true enables your capacity to make choices, those choices that take you from where you currently are to where you wish to be. Till now, you have been made to make choices based on untruths, which are beliefs, opinions, and assumptions, which is why you and I and others make mistakes. And I say this because at the end of the day, so to say, which is in every single moment, you must make a choice. You must choose. Even though you're not aware of all the choices you're making, you are endlessly making choices. And because of this, you cannot escape your need to make your next choice because each moment brings you to your next one. But you may forget or even abdicate this responsibility 
which is why when you lack the ability to discern a belief from truth, you either make believe or look to others to tell you the truth. And in fact, you have become lazy in this, looking for others to be the authority in your life. So this is the great lie that hides the great truth, which exists to pervert the great choice, which is your mandate to choose. When the simple truth is that within you resides a place of truth that is part of the human system, the human experience that has been known and spoken of by the wise of every spiritual tradition. In fact, one tradition, the, the Vedic tradition of which I have most familiarity, calls it Ritam Bara Pragya which in Sanskrit translates as that place or level of consciousness which knows only truth. Not only does truth exist because you exist, but there's a place in you, a level or condition or state of consciousness that lives within you, it, out of your reach right now perhaps, but lives within you that knows only truth. So, this being the case, why the deception? The answer is that humanity has a great power to create or miscreate reality, both individually and collectively. You create when you know the truth, and you miscreate when you don't. Simple as that. Being so, this power to create is innate and immutable with you, which may never be removed or separated, and because it can't be removed. The only other option is to hide or disguise it and, in this way, redirect its power, co-opting it, which means co-opting your power to create for another purpose, another's agenda. And that agenda can only take you away from truth at the same moment that it reinforces the belief that you can never know it. Now. How may you ask, can you know what you hear me to be speaking to be true? Before answering that question, consider the fact that you can never question your ability to know truth if your capacity to do so was not already inherent within you. This is because in asking how you can know this or that is true, you are by definition stating that you have the capacity to recognize it. And the simple reason for this is it is impossible to think a thing or about a thing which does not already exist, which means the truth exists for you. So the issue becomes, if it exists, where did you leave it? Where have you forgotten it or where have you hidden it? And this is the goal of the great deception, hiding from you that which cannot be taken from you, which is an outcome that has not occurred by accident, because nothing happens by accident. Everything occurs in accordance with natural law, the law of cause and effect. And for this reason, outcomes in individual, social, and corporate life, indeed in all of life, are caused by those agents that have their effect in life which are your thoughts, you think, the emotions you feel, and the beliefs that you make. This is why it is written that as you believe, so shall it be done unto you. Because beliefs being born of a marriage of a thought and emotion create the object of their affection, so to say. If this were not the case, if outcomes in life were by accident, why would you think, feel, or believe anything? Moreover, what would be the point of striving to improve your life or create a better world? There would be no point, no reason, and certainly no outcome from such endeavors. So why do you continue to try? And despite your failures, you try again and again to alter your world. Do you realize it that every thought you have is a plan to alter your reality? But despite this, you try again and again to alter your world because deep down in that forgotten place known as Ritam Bara Pragya, 
you are motivated by an as yet unconscious truth about the nature and power of your ability to change your world. And for this reason, that in being motivated by this unconscious truth, you press on to make your mark on the world even as you constantly fall short of the goals you seek, which in many instances leads you to conclude that, well, I have failed because history repeats itself, which is just one of the many lies perpetuated by the great deception, whose purpose is to hide from you, me, and everyone else the great truth about the nature and power of change that lies dormant within the inner workings of the human will. And what is this power? It is simply this. Every thought, emotion, and belief of humanity is a plan to alter reality, inspired by a perception of need in the world of form, by a perception of need in the world of experience. Let me state this again. Every thought you think, every emotion you feel, and every belief you make expresses your power, is the activation of your power to alter reality inspired by your individual perception of need in the world of form and your world of experience. But you are not taught this. You are told, as you believe, so shall it be done unto you. But it's much, much more. You're also told only the truth will set you free, but it's way more nuanced and fundamental than just that statement. So you are not taught this nor are you told that to alter reality, you must have three things, knowledge of cause, a vision of the goal, and the means to navigate there. And to the extent these exist, you achieve your purpose, without which you miss the mark. Given the state of the world today, it is abundantly clear that as a group, we lack clarity of vision, do not understand cause, and for this reason are unable to navigate our way. Why, you might be wondering, how this sad state of affairs has come about? Well, without realizing it, humanity's perception of need in the world, whether personal, social, or corporate, appears as a direct result of contrasting thought and emotion and belief about the external appearance of the present reality with your internal vision of how you expect it to be. And to the extent that your expectations are met, you experience gratitude, contentment, even love. To the extent that they are not, you experience disappointment, anxiety, and fear. And why do you experience anxiety and fear? because you have just confused a belief about the world you see for the truth of the world you hold dear inside. You've confused them. You think the reflection is the reality when it's just the byproduct. But when the perceived reality falls short, unfortunately, what inspires you to take action is the discordant emotion that you associate with your missed expectation and not the accordant positive one you associate with the goal. And what is not taught and certainly not commonly known is that when you proceed from your discordant emotion, you take yourself away from the goal even as you perpetuate the illusion of arriving making it impossible to navigate towards or arrive at the reality you seek. And this is the entire purpose of the great deception, to distort your innate power to change the world by taking you away from the goals you seek while hiding the fact of how you are the very cause of the things that challenge you. So this is why you look with trepidation at the world you see outside while reacting to its conflict with the world you know inside. But you have never been told about the rules to access this power. No one has ever really told me about this. Has anyone ever told you? Probably not. And for this reason, not understanding this power is the cause of you, me and others, miscreating the very things that confound us 
which leads us to believe that the cause of our problems lie with another. For if it doesn't rest with me, certainly it must with another, and certainly with any other. And in not seeing this inversion of truth, this bait and switch, this bait and switch, endlessly you exhaust yourself seeking change in the place of the world's reflection, not in the place of its cause. And such is the power of the great deception. It inverts everything so that you confuse belief for truth, effect for cause, and right for wrong, which in constantly misusing your power seduces you endlessly to miscreate the very things that presently confound you. This is why Henry David Thoreau stated that, quote, the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation, end quote. And why have you, you become desperate? And why have you become desperate? You have become desperate because deep within lies the power to create the world you know is true. And yet that power has been perverted to another's use. That in stealing your power to create the world you desire creates the world of your desperation, where the word desperation means from separation, as in being separated from your power to change your world. Now, are you able to see this great deception, which has been at work in your life and the lives of humanity for so long? Are you able to understand how in being hidden for so long that if you wish to see it, you must look for it in the place where you least expect to find it? That's actually a rhetorical question. Because the place to which I'm referring is at the beginning of every moment, the place that exists before any thought, emotion, or belief. That is the place where you must look if you wish to understand the nature of this great deception. And when you look at that place at the beginning of every moment, you will need to understand the principles at work and the activity that takes place there in that quiet place of your inspiration and intuition and insight and intelligence from where your still small voice rises tirelessly to guide your life. I say this because at its core, the great deception is really a behavior that has become a habit which distracts and discourages and obscures from you the very nature, existence, and operation of your guidance in the form of inspiration, intuition, insight, and intelligence. What I'm saying is that the operation of the great deception exiles you from the place where your guidance arises so that you are never present to receive it. In point of fact, you probably don't even notice it. And the great deception in being at work in life, in and the great deception in being at work in the life of humanity for a very long time, you, like others, have long since lost the ability to notice it. And therein lies the greatest power of the great deception. Not only has it distracted, discouraged, and obscured from you the place of your inspiration, of your intuition, of your insight, and of your intelligence, but by virtue of its constant operation, the great deception remains hidden, even while operating within the moments of what you now think is normal in your life. And for this reason, to see it operating, you will need a change in perspective, one that allows you to wake up, so to say, to its operation, where a change of perspective means moving your attention to a new point of view, to one that affords you a different way of seeing the place where the great truth resides. So in the interest of changing perspectives, let us discuss the nature and operation of inspiration, intuition, insight, and intelligence in your life. As doing so will provide a much needed change 
from which you may clearly see the operation of the great deception and how it hides your guidance. To begin, the word inspire refers to the movement of spirit, of your spirit as it breathes and moves from within your unknown, your unconscious, to your known, which is the place of your conscious. And as a movement, the breath of your spirit in traversing the space between the unknown and the known to that place before thought within the interior of your consciousness where the in refers to within you and the spire, S-P-I-R-E, refers to the path and form your spirit takes to extend and reach into your consciousness and the source from which the spirit emerges, the spire emerges, which is described geometrically as a shape. The spire is an elongated three-sided pyramid that in the outer world, the spire is an elongated three-sided pyramid that in the outer world of form is not unlike those found at the top of buildings as they reach unto heaven, so to say. But the use of the word spire in the context of inspiration in this episode has to do with the name of a structure inherent within you which describes the shape of an elongated three-sided spire that bridges to connect your interior, your consciousness, to heaven, so to say. Now, you may recall from prior episodes of The Business of Humanity where I stated that life was governed by an organizing principle that expressed itself through a trying structure of equal values. In keeping true to that principle, here the word inspire in this episode is used to describe the activity where life's organizing principle extends from your unconscious world to your conscious world in the form of an elongated triangular geometry that precedes and is precedent before every moment of intuition, insight, and intelligence in your life, and before every thought you think, emotion you feel, and belief you make. I remind you of this that life's organizing principle is expressed everywhere through a triune structure of equal values. Is it any wonder it will be found operating in you in this manner as well? Moreover, it is the operation of this three-pronged structure that holds the key to freeing the human will, your will, my will, humanity's will, which is precisely what the great deception seeks to prevent. In point of fact, the place that the great deception seeks to keep hidden is actually the only place wherein the human will may be free, because it is the only place where truth may be found, which means that thoughts and emotions and beliefs may not go. So to continue then, the word inspire refers to the inner structure within your unconscious that in proceeding from your interior reaches into your conscious mind. And as it reaches and extends from your unconscious mind into your conscious mind, it unpacks and expands itself as a three-sided spire as it moves from the inner to the outer, from the unconscious to the conscious, by way of the three attributes that constitute the three sides of a triune or triadic structure of equal values. Of the three sides, the first we will discuss is intuition. Here in this context, in, again, refers to the inner place, while tuition refers to an inner exchange of knowledge, such as when you go to college, there's an exchange of value for the knowledge provided where you pay for some exchange of information, where you're paying for the information in the head of the professor and in the books, exchanges places with your empty space in your head. You know, it's how knowledge gets instantiated. In this context, the exchange is in the activity where that which resided within the unconscious in extending into the conscious takes 
changes place as it takes up its residence as a conscious structure in your mind, where it goes from unmanifest to manifest and unconscious to conscious. What this means is that impulse coming from deep within you, actually from the source point of spirit within you, has moved from unknown to known, from unconscious to conscious, and as such shows up as a type of image that is accessed first by what is known as intuition. So what is intuition? Intuition is the experience of the truth of something, of anything, of everything, that first presents itself as a complete knowing, like a flash, which includes all of your senses of perception wrapped up into one whole experience. So with intuition, your sense of taste, touch, sound, smell, sight, and time all coexist together as a single experience packed together, yet holding the complete truth about any person, place, or thing, whether it be of the past, the present, or the future, whether of something living or dead, whether of a concept or a consideration, it holds the complete truth of it. Because this is the place that knows only truth. It's that level that exists within you, which is always operating, never gets a break. Next, it will help to understand what is meant by the word insight. You can understand this by reflecting on the fact that the word insight refers to inner sight, or rather a sight or vision or image of that which resides within, where the word in again refers to that place inside of you in your consciousness. And in being a type of sight, a type of seeing, you will understand what I mean when I say that it is passive, as in the act of insight, or in the fact that the act of insight has more to do with seeing and knowing than in doing. No thinking, seeing and knowing. It's just an act of noticing and knowing. This is what insight is. Finally, it will help to consider how the word intelligence has to do with a type of telling, as in intel or the inner telling of something that has appeared within that interior place, seen by your insight, based on your intuition, inspired by the inspiration of the movement of the spirit. Here again, when using the word in, you understand that it refers to the place in your consciousness and where before the insight was a passive knowing, now in the act of telling, there is the activity of declaring or revealing something about that which a moment before was merely held as a sight, as your insight of your intuition of the spire, that structure that emerges as it moves from your unconscious to your conscious. I know this is a lot, and I want to ask you, do you know what I mean by this place? It's that place where images flicker quickly as they come and go, guiding you from moment to moment about each moment, which you may not notice, but which is always operating. So in light of this, in light of all of this, what is the great deception? Again, simply put, it is the activity of confusing, mistaking, or substituting some belief, opinion, or assumption for the truth, such as human beings are unable to know or recognize the truth. And in substituting or confusing this belief for reality, you become exiled from the only place where truth may be known to you, which is the only place where your will is truly free to choose and make choices in your life. This is because all beliefs are about the past. They are a past thought. In fact, all thoughts are a commentary of a moment that just went by. And a belief being a thought is a past thought coupled with a past emotional charge that describes a past relationship that you formed in some past moment that has no capacity to assist you with what is happening in the present moment. That's why when you confuse beliefs for truth, it causes discord because it's your system, your built-in level of knowing truth that says, you know, danger, Will Robinson, red alert. This is not compute. This belief, opinion, assumption is not 
the truth of what sits here in this inner place. And because we're so distracted from our own experience, all we experience is the fear and the anger and the hate and the rage, which grows in intensity as we cultivate more and more habit of confusing belief for truth. So, because of the fear and all of its derivatives constitute a great turbulence in the very place where your inspiration, intuition, insight, and intelligence arise, the effect of which is to make waves that cloud and obscure your ability to access the wisdom arising from within. And in being caught up in unsettling emotions associated with the past, you are removed, exiled from the place of the present moment, which denies yourself access to your inspiration and your intuition and your insight and your intelligence that is only there to guide you in every moment of your life. The great deception, in point of fact, is exiling you to a place in which you have no power to free your will, and in this way it drains from you the power to navigate your life, even as it endlessly creates the problems that confound you while constantly perpetuating an illusion of arriving at a place that does not, cannot, will never exist. So how can you recognize this? What is it? What are the faces of this great deception? The first face occurs when you are told that you have free will. But not informed of the place wherein your will may be free, nor the distinction between having free will and your will being free. And that the practice of beliefs, of making believe, binds your will because only truth, not belief, will set you free, will free your will. The second face occurs when, in not knowing what others mean by what they say and do, you make believe by substituting your meaning for the unknown meaning of others, which is your interpretation about what you believe others mean. This is the beginning of the habit of confusing your belief for truth and after having done this for so long, you possess neither the desire nor the ability to tell the difference, even though you carry this discomfort, this fear, and this anger with you. The third phase occurs when you judge the meaning you make as your belief, as your interpretation of what you would have to mean if you spoke or behaved as others do. When the person acts in a manner that offends you, you interpret and judge your interpretation because you supply the motivation that you would have to have to behave as they do. So now you have made a habit of making believe and then judging good or bad about that which you do not know the truth. The fourth face is that in your world, no one is offering to educate you about this as you make your way through life, confusing, mistaking, and substituting belief for the truths of the world. The fifth face occurs in your lack of understanding about how your fear and all of its derivatives, the anger, the hate, the suspicion, the rage, the guilt, all of it, is simply a byproduct of confusing or mistaking or exchanging or substituting some belief for the truth of that moment. The sixth face of the great deception is the belief that a direct correlation exists between the veracity, which means the truth, and the legitimacy of your beliefs and the intensity of your fear, anger, hate, and rage that results when confusing belief or truth. What I mean by this is that the stronger your fear, the stronger your anger, the stronger whatever the derivative of fear is, whatever it is, the more conviction you have about its veracity when the exact opposite is the case. It's just like a, um, <laughs> it's like Tim Allen in his stand-up comedian uh, role where a woman is driving a car and the red light comes on telling her that it needs oil and she ignores it 
And she says, well, he goes, you ignored the light? And she said, well, I thought if it really meant it, it would, it would get brighter. It would be a, a brighter red light. It's kind of like that, the intensity of our discomfort. The increasing intensity is more of an indication of how far away from the truth you are. The seventh phase occurs when you unknowingly continue your confusing, which in generating fear and all of its derivatives, charges and charges and charges your emotional body with discord that further serves to create the turbulence that obscures any clear view of the place wherein the truth may be found. The eighth phase occurs when you are taught to rely on authority figures that in making you believe that you do not know that you do not and cannot have the answers you seek, that you are unable to access the truth on your own terms, and for this reason have been encouraged to relinquish your sovereign authority, your activity of will, in favor of the perception of value, wealth, power, and wisdom you are told exist in others, be they an individual, a group, an institution, or government. As a young man of 30 years, I had a direct experience with this, where after 12 years, so from the age of 18 to 30, I had been treading my spiritual path. I happened to meet another who I guess I could say was a little further down the path, who asked me one simple question in an effort to help free me from the beliefs I unknowingly held that blocked my way. So one evening in San Francisco at his apartment, Without agenda or anger, he casually asked how it would be for me if everything I had been told about meditation, my meditation practice, my meditation teacher, and his tradition was a lie. How would it be for me if all of that was a lie, that it was all untrue, making everything around which I had organized my life since the age of 18 a deception, a sham, and a lie? How would it be for me, he continued, if I woke up to the fact that I had been deceived? What would I do? Where would I now look to find the truth with which to guide my life? In my consideration of his query at the time, it was lost on me that my belief in that spiritual teacher constituted a sub subtle abdication of my authority, of my free will, all of which had been motivated by fear which resulted from the belief that told me I did not know the truth with which to make the choices required to navigate my life. In fact, it was all very, very subtle how this had occurred for me. And for this reason, I did not yet understand, at least not at that time, how informing my beliefs and looking for a guide and in giving my power to that belief, I had overlooked the fact that I was the one who possessed the power to empower my beliefs about my teacher, my beliefs about his meditation practice, and my beliefs about the tradition from which all of it had come that had their effect in my life. I was equally unaware of the place of my inspiration, intuition, insight, and intelligence that was the condition in which my will must reside if it were to be free. And now, today, that I understand that the business of humanity is to free the will. I remember there exists a place of freedom within me, which is the only place wherein my will may be free. So, just like the question posed to me many years ago, today I am suggesting that you consider the possibility that the situation in which you presently find yourself has occurred because you knowingly Rather, you unknowingly abdicated something far more important than your activity of will. What you have abdicated is that place from which the truth that is inherent and innate within you, which only you may access, and from where only your guidance springs, and about which only you may choose to make your acts of will. It's not just that you and I and others have abdicated our free will. In our unconscious practice of fear, we have abdicated, excluded, and in fact exiled ourselves from the very place where free will operates. So, 
Each and every time you confuse belief for truth, you experience some measure of discord that in creating a type of turbulence in your system serves to blind your ability to notice the trying structure that resides in silence within, all the while seducing you into believing that the different points of view seen in your world, which constitute a kind of polarity where neither pole fully aligns with what your inspiration, intuition, insight, and intelligence would tell you is true about your life. And this is due to the fact that neither point of view of this polarity is presented within the context of its ability to assist or protect or preserve your ability to free your will. In fact, it's not even discussed. The two points of view presented are presented as partial truths to distract you. And how is it that Freeing the human will is the business of humanity, the very foundation upon which you may accomplish everything is founded, and yet you have never heard of it. The answer is that you are distracted from it even as you're consumed by the mandate to decide between the lesser of those two evils presented before you. You are distracted into the perception of these polar values in the world and never even give consideration to the place of truth within. By polarity, I mean, again, that there is a view from here and a view from there between right and left, good and bad, this race and that race, Republican and Democrat, wealthy and poor, this religion, that religion, constitutional law, maritime law, homeopathy and allopathy, between every conceivable pair of opposites about which you are required, it would seem, to make your decision. And you are required to decide between them, when neither holds the truth, you hold inside, where each falls short of the vision of your inspiration, intuition, insight, and intelligence, about which or against which you silently and unconsciously compare the world that you see with the world that you know without ever knowing that this is what you are doing. The great deception steals your capacity to know the truth of this by instantiating fear of the future for truth of the present moment. And in hijacking the silent place wherein the still small voice speaks, you become exiled from the place where you may know the truth of everything, even while it yet remains to be discovered within your very next moment. This, then, is the great deception. It is the constant and unconscious affliction of emotional distress in your life about which you must exert yourself to regain your innate power to set things right in your life. And what does this mean? It simply means that your greatest power resides in your capacity to merely see, to recognize the truth within its place of truth, for that truth to become expressed as your world of form. Instead of abdicating and accepting the lesser of two evils, so to speak, in your consideration of the possibilities presented, and we're not talking here about action, we're not talking about taking action, which is certainly something that each of you can do within the context of your purpose and role in life. What we're talking about seeing the truth and knowing it and accepting it as the truth instead of abdicating to some lesser of two evil distortion of the truth. It is of extreme importance that you give yourself permission to remember and reconnect with the vision of the way you would like your life and your world to be. You must hold it in that same silent, patient, peaceful, and gentle manner in which it has been revealed inside of you. There can be no craving or aversion, no feverishness in this. And even though there's no fanfare or profundity or great epiphany in that process, it yet remains the quiet eye of your hurricane, of the life around you, which contains your ability to create the reality you seek. 
And the good news is that when everyone or any group of people practice diligently that process, they will find that without exception what each of their respective visions hold for themselves and for the world that they wish to create, they will find that it fits seamlessly, like hand in glove, with every other, because all of it comes from the same place from which all guidance arises in me, in you, and everyone. And it is to that wholeness that the guidance directs us. We're, we're being guided to go in that direction of holistic harmony. But we must hold on to our version of it as it flickers as our inspiration within. We must grow in our capacity to notice and remember and recall it and ever remember that which springs forth from within is the key to creating it without, which is a creation that the great deception can never deliver. Remember that when your unconscious becomes conscious, your intelligence becomes intelligent, which is the condition that is necessary to activate your capacity to create, not miscreate the world but to create the reality you see and know is true within your interior. If you do not, the condition of life as we see it will persist unless and until you train yourself to be present. Ask yourself, when you are in discord, what do I know is true right now? So that in referring to your interior again and again, you cultivate the practice that soon becomes the habit, which is the beginning of the process of understanding truth on the basis of your own experience. As you seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, for this is what is meant by the statement, know ye not that the kingdom of heaven lies within. Thank you for listening. That is all I have for today.